the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I'm going to read to you verse 44 again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord on the treasure and the field. The treasure and the field. Let us pray. If you could have Reverend Tuig, sir, please pray over our message and messenger. Amen, amen. Hey, don't forget also, you may be seated. Don't forget also this Sunday, uh, part two of our Characters of Christmas uh, sermon series. Looking forward to it. We're excited about it. Come and be a part. Invite someone. Bring them to the house of God. This is one of the times of years that people are looking for a place to come to church. Bring them here. Let's tell them about Jesus. Amen? Amen. I, I remember a preacher. He got saved, but his father was not a Christian. And he longed for his father to get saved. And it was around the Christmas time of year, and he finally got his father to go to a church. And when he brought him, it wasn't his church. It just happened to be in a church in the area. When he got him to that church, they didn't have a preaching that night. They just had a singing. And uh, he was so disappointed because he wanted his father to hear the gospel. Amen? So if folks are going to go to church, let's bring them to a place where we can share the gospel with them. The good news about Jesus, that they can be changed, they can be saved, they don't have to die and go to hell. Amen? Amen. Again, I'm preaching to you on the top of a message, the treasure and the field. I really enjoy this portion of scripture because it gives us the two types of people that stumble upon or find the kingdom of heaven. First, the Bible said, is like a man. He's out in the field. We don't know what he's doing in the field. Is he planting? Is he plowing? Is he digging a septic tank? All we know is as he's out in the field, he stumbles upon something that he didn't expect, a treasure. Now, Hebrew law says if he actually pulled that treasure up out of the, the hole, then it would belong to the owner. It would have to be, he'd have to give it to him. But if he let it stay down there, and then he would bury it, then he could go out and he could buy the field, and the treasure would then belong to him. And so the Bible said he went out and sold everything he has to buy the field because he found something that was worth so much more than all of the money that he had. And he got the treasure, and he got the field. I'll come back to that in a minute. Now, the second man was a man that was a pearl merchant, he was looking for a goodly pearl. So he's on the hunt looking for something specific. And we can imagine him going to every jewelry shop and every, uh, 
every little store at the side of the, the ocean looking to find that one pearl. And, and as he goes here to there, finally he stumbles across that one pearl. And he sells everything he has to get that one pearl of great price. And he was glad when he got it. Now both of the stories talk about those who were willing to surrender all to find, to get that one treasure. But one man wasn't looking for it, but the other one was searching for it. And that's just like people in Christianity. Sometimes they stumble across the good news. And maybe a friend invites them to church and they thought, well, I'll go to church. Maybe we'll, we'll sing and we'll do something afterwards. And as they come to church, they find this is what I've been looking for. I've been searching for some truth. I, I've been searching for a reality. My soul tells me there's got to be more than just eating and sleeping, getting a job, getting married, having children, dying. There's got to be more to life than that. So some stumble across it. It may be a church service. It may be it's somebody testified or witnessed to them of Christ. And maybe they read the Bible and somehow God spoke to them and they said, this is what I'm looking for. And they surrendered all to get the truth in Christ. But there are others who are looking for something. I'm thinking about the eunuch who the Bible said uh, was uh, a, an officer in Candace's uh, kingdom. And that eunuch had traveled far to go to Jerusalem. And when he had gotten to Jerusalem, because he was not a Jew, he could not go into the holy place. He could only be in the outer areas where the Gentiles were. And he didn't find what he was looking for. He had made this long journey. He had gone all the way to the big church. He thought, that's where I'm going to find what I'm looking for. But he left there unfulfilled. And as he was riding back, reading the scriptures, God by the Holy Spirit told Philip, I believe, uh, to go and join himself to that chariot. And he got up there, and all by, uh, all by themselves, out in the middle of uh, uh, the desert somewhere, this preacher led this man to Christ, and he found what he was looking for. Now, I like that, because sometimes we're looking for answers, we're trying to find them in, in what we would think is going to be the very place you want to find good food, sometimes you go to the fancy restaurant. And you might find that the food is microwaved and rubbery or not hot and not very tasty. But every now and then you stumble across some hole in the wall, amen? Some little Jamaican joint or some little Mexican place and they got somebody in the back can't even speak English but they can cook like nobody's business, Amen. And serve you up a meal and you said, man, I found a jewel here. Amen. I found something, a treasure here. Now, none of that really. Well, let me say it this way. That's just an introduction to where I want to get to. The man that bought the field, when he sold all that he had to buy the field that had the treasure, not only did he get the treasure, but he got the dirt. He got the trees, he got the weeds, he got the nettles, he got the snakes, he got the, uh, all of the critters that were in the field. All of the things that came with the field he got. We sometimes focus on the treasure because that's the thing that he was buying the field for. But you have to understand that the treasure came with the field. And when he got the treasure, he had to take everything else that came along with it. 
You say, preacher, what are you saying? Because sometimes we come and we find the treasure in Christ. But almost always when we find the treasure in Christ, we find it among the people of God, among the kingdom of God. And though, though Christ does not have a field, he himself does not have any weeds. He himself does not have any critters or, or any insects that come along with the reality of Christ. But the people of God sometimes do. We've got some dirt. We've got some weeds. We've got some nettles. Are you still here? Now, it would be foolish for us to give up the treasure because of some field rat. It would be foolish for us to give up the treasure because of some weeds in the field. It would be foolish for us to give up the treasure because of some dirt or some rocks or some roots that are out there. The answer is not to give up the treasure, but to work on your field. Amen? So, preacher, what do you mean? Because sometimes when we come to church, we find a jewel in Christ. We find the treasure that we were looking for. But with that treasure, we also have to deal with God's people. The blessings and the difficulties. Now, I thank God for the brothers and sisters in God. Because most of the time they're kind and loving and good and wonderful and generous and, and uh, selfless people. But every now and then, <laughs> some of those horns peek out from, the, from their hairdo. Amen? <laughs> every now and then, that tail sticks out from that dude's suit. Every now and then, some of those critters or some of those insects or some of those weeds, some of those roots of bitterness begin to slide out. And so there, there is a temptation at times to say, man, I'm tired of dealing with this incident. I'm tired of dealing with this stuff. And there's a temptation to forsake the treasure because of the field. But I want to tell you tonight, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, it's a great thing when you get a new pastor. And I'm not saying this because we expect to leave anytime soon. So just praying for that. Keep praying. Hasn't worked yet, but keep praying. <laughs> Thank you, Will. <laughs> I know you didn't mean that. I hope, I hope. <laughs> uh, just stay. Okay, there you go. But when you get a brand new pastor, you don't see the, the field that comes with what we hope is a treasure. You say, man, the guy, he can, he can sing or he can preach or he can do that. But after a while, when you work with someone long enough, well, some of the stones and some of the roots and some of the, the weeds become known. Now, what do you do when you're working with a brother and you're working with a sister and, and you find you got a treasure in them, but every now and then they cop an attitude? Do you give up on them because you found a weed? Do you say, man, forget you because you found a stone in their field? Do you go to some other church? Let me tell you something. They got a field too. Do you change uh, uh, pastors or change friends or change brothers and sisters? Everybody has a field. 
And what we've got to understand is that let me look at the treasure and let me work on my field. Let me be gracious with somebody else because I understand they've got difficulties just like I do. They're working on themselves just like I am. There's things that they need to change just like there's things that I need to change. I am not going to forsake the treasure because of the field. When you get... When Jesus taught us to pray, what did he say? What words did he use? He said, our Father. You remember that? Which means what? He didn't say, my Father. He wasn't speaking of just a direct relationship between him and the Father. He said, our Father. So he was letting us know that this relationship isn't just between us and God. It's between us and God and between all of our brothers and sisters. He didn't just pray, my father. Walking with God is more than just a one directional thing. We are part of a family. We find treasures in the church. And when a snake or a critter or a weed shows up, we don't give up on them. We show grace and mercy. We don't move down the, re- the, f- the road because they have a field too. What about when you get married? Now you know, and I know, when you're dating or when you're courting, you never bring your field with you to the date. You only bring your treasure. Your teeth are all shined up. Every hair is combed and in place. You've got the cologne, uh, the deodorant on, and the cologne. Maybe you put some there too. Some cologne and deodorant on. <laughs> Your clothes are pressed, everything is just right, and you've got the, the uh, mouth up, air, mouth freshener, air, mouth wash, mouth freshener, air freshener. I hope you don't spray that in there. Anyhow, you got the stuff that make your breath smell good. When you go out with the lady and she, uh, is, you're taking her to a meal, she eats like a bird. Later on when you, one man said she eats like a bird when you're dating her, but later on when you marry her, it's a vulture. Amen. <laughs> None of these ladies here, of course, but anyhow. <laughs> what about when you get married? Hey, you find a treasure in that husband. You find a treasure in that wife. You find a joy. But with the treasure comes some stones, comes some weeds. What do you do? Do you give up on your spouse because you're finding a difficult time? No. My wife. Married me, hopefully because she thought she had a good thing. But it didn't take long to realize she had to deal with some weeds. She had to deal with some stones. And thank God she's dealt with them for over 30 years. Amen. Thank you, baby. Amen. Sometimes you get that wife and you recognize, man, I got a treasure. But there's an attitude that comes up. Or an emotion or an agreement. Do you give up on your married? No, you take the field with the treasure and you work on it. What about when you have a family? Man, what a blessing it is. You see that lady who's dying to have a child and she gets pregnant. It's the one time in the world that a lady will stand out there and show everybody how big her belly is, right? Look at this. They want everybody to see, man, they got a baby bump and they're proud of it. No, they're not so proud of it afterwards. Anyhow, they get a family and they're excited about that baby. And boy, when that baby comes out and it coos and goes gaga and that mom is just, ah, this is awesome. 
But with that little cooing, gagaing baby comes dirty diapers and projectile vomit and late nights without sleep. Amen? And spaghetti smeared all over the table and the floor and their body and in their hair. There comes some field with the treasure. Do you put the kid up for adoption? I hope not. You deal with it, right? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, God gives us children when we're young. And we have lots of patience. Because the older I get and you see some of those rebellious little uh, treasures. <laughs> you said, man, I don't know if I'd have the patience to put up with that again. Amen? Or to deal with that. What do you do? You discipline them. You teach them. You've got to understand, I cannot give up on them because the schools are teaching them. And they're not teaching them the things that you want them to know. The friends are teaching them. And they're not always sharing with them the things that you want them to know. You must intervene. You must let them know. You must discipline them and train them up in the way that they should go. We take the treasure, but we got to take the field too. Let me work on it. Let me remove some of those stones. Let me pull some of those weeds. I told you the story before. I have an annoying neighbor. And if he's watching, this is kind of humorous. I don't mean that. I guess I do. Because he keeps his yard perfect. And that's annoying. Because you go home and he's got, I mean, his grass is still green. It's December. I mean, come on, man. There's no leaves on his yard. I got some leaves. I Raked up a bunch of them, but they came again. My grass isn't perfectly green. One year, I said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them. And I worked. And I, I, I sprayed everything and spent all the money and replanted. And that summer, man, my grass looked better than his. But there was so much work and there was so much effort put into it. And then you had to pay for the water to water it and all the, the chemicals to put on. And the next year, I said, I'm not doing that. But i got to put up with looking at the ugly lawn next to his beautiful lawn. So you choose your battles. If you want the green grass, you got to put in the effort to kill the weeds and water it and take care of it. If you want the family that's disciplined and the children that are respectful, you got to put in the time to train them and deal with them and go over it again and again and again and again. And it pays off. Every now and then you get around some kids that haven't been trained. I'm not talking about anybody here. That may apply, but I'm not talking about anybody here. And you see them and you think, man, what's wrong with them? No parent ever talked to them. No, no mom ever re, uh, resists their desire. Every little thing they cry for, they give them. And you look at them and they become spoiled, entitled little brats. Amen? We take, we have a family, we get a treasure, but we get a field with the treasure. And yet Jesus, he had no field. He loved us. We looked at him. There was nothing wrong that we could find in him. And yet there was all kinds of things he could find wrong with us. The world tells us what? If you find a toxic person, get away from them. But hasn't it been true that we were toxic to God? Wasn't it true that we broke some of our, our commitments to him? 
And yet, thank God, he didn't say, give up on them. I'm done dealing with them. He broke his commitment. He made a promise. He said he was going to pray. She said she was going to read her Bible more faithfully. She said she was going to go soul winning, but she didn't do it. Forget them. God didn't do that to us. Thank God. Amen. Because with the treasure, God understood he's got a field, and he works on it, and he deals with us, and he loves us. You see, the answer isn't to lie about the things that are wrong. It's to deal with it. In just a bit, in just a bit, we're going to come and get, start getting ready. You know what we're going to sing. There was a farmer. He was having a hard time. People were stealing his melons. Under cover of night, they'd come and steal his melons. And he tried and tried. Couldn't catch him. Finally, he put up a sign. He lied. And he said, one of my melons is poisoned. And he did that thinking that, well, they're going to come and see the sign. They don't know which one it is. And really, he hadn't poisoned any of them. And therefore, they'll stop stealing. And so the first couple of nights... It happened just like he thought. None of his melons were stolen. But after about the third or fourth night, he went back and he saw the sign had been changed. And they scratched out one and it said, now two of the melons are poisoned. And now the farmer had to give up his whole melon patch because he didn't know if the thief meant it or not. Lying cost him Everything. Do you see? You see, it's so much better to just deal with it. If you're facing that little bit of, what's the right word? That little catch in your spirit over something that's not right. Why don't you just go and make it right? It's so much better than letting that thing hang over your head. If you're here tonight, we're getting ready. Musicians come. If you're here tonight. Say, preacher, I'm dealing with some fields. We all are. But aren't you glad we found a treasure in Christ? Aren't you glad we found a treasure in our church? Aren't you glad you got a treasure in your family and your spouse and your children? And isn't it better just to say, God, if there's something wrong, let me dig out the stone. Let me pull the weeds. Let me water it better. If their yard's greener than mine, maybe it's because they've taken better care of it than I have. I'm not going to complain about it. Let me just take better care of my field. Father, I thank you so much. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Thank you so much.